hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. The news cycle continues to bristle, actually pop, with news regarding the Pfizer sting operation that was conducted by Project Veritas on target Dr. Jordan Tristan Lee Walker. Let's listen in to Owen Schroyer as I joined him on uh, the InfoWars platform. But as we bring in Dr. Peter McCullough now, uh, Doctor, let's start with the obvious situation here. Here's the scale of disaster we're dealing with, with the most recent Project Veritas Pfizer video. And to me, there's no debate, this is the scale. At the very least, at the very smallest end of the spectrum, it's Pfizer executives are liars. That is, that is, that is the worst case situation, or excuse me, that is the best case situation we have, is that top Pfizer executives are literally liars. That's his own word. The worst case scenario is that Pfizer is doing gain of function research right here in the United States of America. That's the scale here. That is the scale. Pfizer executives are liars is the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is they're doing gain of function research in the United States, which would be illegal. But, but doctor, let's get your response to the multiple viral videos from Project Veritas and then all of the fallout since. I can tell you, I was shocked as a, a fellow graduate of UT Southwestern Medical School in Dallas, <clears throat> Dr. Jordan Tristan Lee Walker is a 2018 graduate of Southwestern Medical School, and then uh, he went on to, to do at least partial uh, rotating internship up in the Northeast, and he quickly dropped out of that and, and joined Pfizer uh, in research and development. And uh, what he disclosed in this Project Veritas uh, sting operation was, uh, I think, very important for people to, to understand. So uh, Project Veritas, under the direction of James O'Keefe, had arranged, in a sense, uh, a date. Now, um, apparently Walker is homosexual, so it was a male date, and they got into a relationship. And as this relationship uh, developed, that Walker disclosed more and more. And I can tell you, Project Veritas almost certainly has a lot more video than what you see here. They, uh, you know, there was a series of encounters. Walker discloses that in research meetings, Pfizer has devised plans to actually intentionally modify SARS-CoV-2, presumably to make it more infectious or potentially more injurious. And then have vaccines to match it, uh, and, and the only way for that to ever become a commercial entity is for Pfizer to release the virus publicly. Now, they have labs all over the world, uh, but indeed, if it's more infectious or if it's more lethal, it does meet the definition of gain-of-function research. The whole genetic code for SARS-CoV-2 is known, and this is enormously uh, disturbing. This comes on the heels of Pfizer CEO, who's a veterinarian, by the way, Albert Burla, being pursued in Davos by, uh, by uh, media personnel. And they were asking him about the vaccine. 
Uh, now, in Pfizer's documents uh, that are released publicly under court order, Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of their vaccine. People who called into Pfizer said their family members died after they took the Pfizer vaccine. The FDA wanted to block this for 55 years. It finally came out uh, earlier in 2022. And what Borla told the media was that he knew of no safety signals with his vaccine. No safety signals. This is a monstrous number of deaths. And I can tell you, 5, 10, 15, 50 deaths, uh, Pfizer should have pulled it off the market. It was his responsibility. It goes all the way up to CEO. So you're right, Owen, that Pfizer executives, the best case scenario is that are lying. The worst case scenario is that they're, they're either on the verge of or in fact, they are committing domestic terrorism. Now, you just brought something up about Albert Burla, and I was kind of waiting on the wings to get into this story, and I'm not sure if you've done the deep dive into this yet, but not only are we learning more about Burla and his background, being a veterinarian, but have you looked into, was his specialty gain-of-function research, or was his specialty looking into uh, how viruses communicate within animals? Do we know anything about that? No, I don't know what his specialty was. You know, many times the CEOs are just uh, figureheads for the company. But what we've learned is is very disturbing. Uh, Borla should have come out immediately. Uh, as soon as it was known that these deaths were accruing, should have paused the vaccine, should have done a deep dive to figure out what was going on instead of letting these deaths accrue over the course of, of two years. Uh, I think Borla is going to hide behind the emergency use authorization. He's going to say, listen, it was EUA. I was asked by the governments to do this. I didn't have the ability to stop it. Uh, he may claim that he doesn't know about these safety signals, although the deaths are clearly recorded in the Pfizer documents. Well, and plus, they can try to use the emergency authorization use as an excuse. That is, until we already have the leaked documents, they knew about the side effects. So. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but knowingly putting a, a, a product to market, even with the EAU, if you have known side effects that you don't warn people about, that does that not uh, relinquish that cover? That's very important because what you've just brought up is fraud. Uh, if Pfizer defrauded the public and the U.S. government on their vaccines, uh, many legal scholars believe the liability shields should fall and, and that other charges can be brought against Pfizer. You know, Pfizer has uh, been convicted of criminal activity in the past. This wouldn't be the, the first time for it. No, uh, they're, the so all -time, they're the all-time record. They're the all-time home run hitter. You know, again, the, the company's integrity has to, or lack thereof, has to speak for itself. Uh, but these are disturbing developments. Uh, everything we learned about this Project Veritas uh, sting operation uh, is greatly concerning, and I would anticipate more video, more revelations are going to come out on this. You know, there was a news piece that came out about Pfizer and their um, potential gain-of-function research going on in India. And in, in India is, is where the was the birthplace of the Delta outbreak. And, and some have raised the issue is could Pfizer have played a role in the origins of the Delta outbreak in, in India? If this is, if this is, uh, it needs to be pursued with, with great vigor at this point in time. I, I will be traveling to India 
within a few days, and hopefully we'll have meetings with um, the prime minister and, and other officials, and, and I anticipate this will come up in conversation. Wow, this is huge breaking news. I don't know if you've stated this publicly, uh, but this is huge breaking news to me, and then hearing you talk, the gears are just clicking in my head because if I recall, India, which is, I believe, still the most populous country in the world, was at first having some vaccine hesitancy and they were seeing the, the side effects and they were drawing back saying, wait a second, maybe we don't want to mass introduce this vaccine. Oh, and then conveniently the Delta variant comes out and Pfizer has the variant vaccine in the most populous country that was vaccine skeptical. I, I wonder if there's something there. I'm, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough doing hero's work. Uh, as far as I can tell, breaking news going to India to discuss this situation there. We'll be right back after this break. You won't believe what Project Veritas did today, though, in front of the Pfizer headquarters. We'll show you that on the other side. You can tell that uh, Owen Schroyer is clearly animated during this interview and is really uh, coming on strong. You know, people sense that uh, finally there's a crack in this shield that the biopharmaceutical complex has put up that indeed a corruption and potentially nefarious intent is there and, and the specter of directed gain-of-function research creating a virus that in fact Pfizer would respond to um, is greatly concerning because SARS-CoV-2 is lethal. This is different than studying antigenic drift with influenza and the uh, neuramidase and hemagglutinase you know, antigens that are anticipated each year through modeling. Let's pick up on this after uh, I took this break with Owen Schreier. Well, you're hearing the news about the convergence of influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, and now SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, hitting at the same time in some households. Uh, most of these conditions are mild, but they are bothersome. People have fever, cough, congestion, uh, respiratory symptoms, and one of the best ways to safeguard your home is with the Genesis Fogger. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCl, that is a safe disinfectant. Uh, it is virucidal. It kills the virus in the air and on surfaces. It creates a dry mist. You can use it to sterilize certain rooms, sterilize bathrooms particularly, and I think every household should have it. So go to America Out Loud website, go to the banner bar and click on Genesis Fogger to get a discount on your purchase. And you're going to need it because the first purchase involves the uh, unit itself and then you'll get a box of the liquid that's used inside. It's diluted in water and that's basically the supply. And you're given a, a, a real good number of bottles that'll last you a long time. But go ahead and pick up the discount on the first purchase when you go to our banner bar on America Out Loud and that's the Genesis Fogger. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. We're listening in on an interview I had very recently with Owen Schroyer on InfoWars, and we're picking up on my upcoming trip to India. Let's listen in. The big news that you're going to India, I think that that's a very big story because I look at India's leadership uh, as... They care about the people of India. I don't, I don't believe our leaders care about us. That's why they keep lying to us about these vaccines. But I, I think that the uh, Modi and the Indian leadership definitely care about the Indian people. And so what kind of hopes or what do you expect is going to happen when you are speaking in India? And I think they have a genuine concern about these vaccine side effects. 
On next Tuesday, uh, February 7th, I'll be headlining a major meeting in a convention center um, arena in Delhi, India. And in attendance will be the entire QVive network led by Ashutak Panthes and uh, in, in, in Indian physician leaders, Dr. Banerjee uh, being one, uh, uh, probably the lead barrister in the entire country, Prashnet Bushnan, who's actually taken cases to the Supreme Court of India regarding the lack of informed consent and transparency on vaccine data. You know, India has largely dropped the vaccines. They've had an array of them, including the killed vaccines, uh, antigen-based vaccines, and of course the genetic vaccines. Uh, overall, the population is uh, relatively lightly vaccinated. Um, and at this point in time, they are largely through the pandemic. It's, very, it's a very dense country. And uh, I had previously met the personal physician for uh, Prime Minister Modi uh, several years ago in his house. And so I have a relationship. We want to certainly have a fair discussion regarding vaccine safety and efficacy. And uh, I think this issue about Pfizer, its laboratories, and, and any laboratory that's basically altering the genetic code for SARS-CoV-2, uh, I think there needs to be an immediate global sweep of who's doing this, who, who is manipulating the genetic code of SARS-CoV-2, and we should have all the files and records. This is enormously dangerous, and if this has prolonged this pandemic misery for the world, people need to know about it. It broke last night. Project Veritas shared the internal Google leaks that they had a, quote, urgent guidance to censor any and all forms of the most recent Project Veritas videos, specifically of Jordan Tristan Walker talking about the gain-of-function research, what he calls directed evolution, then the panic attack in the cafe saying, I'm literally just a liar. Now, you've dealt with censorship yourself. You've had a little bit of uh, a look into that keyhole of how it goes down. Thanks to Twitter, Elon Musk and the Twitter files, we have now basically a gaping door window into how the censorship goes down. But the question here is obvious. Who told Google to censor these videos? Did it come from Pfizer? Did it come from the government? Your response, Dr. Peter McCullough, to YouTube with an insider leaking these internal documents with an urgent guidance to ban and censor and remove all forms of this Project Veritas video. Yeah, it tells you some people inside YouTube uh, are worried and they have uh, uh, you know, their uh, morals and ethics on the line and they're leaking it out because they know something desperately is, is wrong inside YouTube. Uh, who's giving the orders? The US government through the FBI, the CDC. We know that uh, Scott Gottlieb, a former FGA chairman uh, was basically giving directions to Twitter to specifically censor information on natural immunity in order to push more Pfizer vaccines as he was a frequent contributor on uh, CNBC. Uh, so we know that certainly it's not beneath anybody who's working for Pfizer to directly try to use their influence through social media. Uh, but at this point in time, I think we hopefully can rely on more YouTube uh, uh, whistleblowers, and if they are anonymous or if they want to turn state's witness, there needs to be an immediate widespread censorship probe here. Uh, this is in the open. Uh, YouTube has no position here to try to put uh, a filter on this. You know, Tucker Carlson brought it out on primetime. 
It's been fully exposed, fully exposed here on InfoWars. People want to know. Well, and thank God for Tucker Carlson. If it wasn't for him, it wouldn't even make cable news. I, I've been watching, and, and, and literally that would be the case. It's hard to believe, folks, but it's true. Now, you just brought something up that I was thinking as well, and, and I'm going to issue this to Jordan Tristan Walker one more time because thanks to the insider whistleblowers at YouTube, Walker's window of opportunity to come out as a whistleblower has reopened. It was closing on him after the freakout and not coming out immediately and working with Pfizer to cover this thing up, obviously. I'm guessing they told him to just say you're a liar. Uh, Jordan, if you really think that you can trust Pfizer in this situation, you clearly have not learned anything yet. But now, thanks to the whistleblower or the leaker at Google or YouTube, Walker, your window of opportunity has been reopened. Now you can be inspired by the YouTube leaker. And I believe the only path to redemption for this Pfizer executive that has really just shamed himself in more ways than one, his only path to redemption now is to come out as a whistleblower, tell us the truth about what was going on at Pfizer. Uh, otherwise, I don't see any good outcomes for this individual. Do you agree? No, I agree. His uh, relatively short career, I think, is finished. He, he doesn't have a clinical pathway and, and likely would never get a residency now to finish. And he shouldn't have any type of pathway in pharmaceutical development at this point in time. I think his only option is to turn state's witness. He's obviously a bright young man. He went to Yale and UT Southwestern. Uh, you know, he's well trained in, in medicine, but something's gone wrong. He was on the inside of things with Pfizer and, uh, you know, and he did leak very important information. What goes on in these R&D meetings is, is really telling you what they're thinking about. And when he said that they were thinking about what's termed directed evolution, that actually to try to direct the evolution of the virus so they can get one step ahead of it with vaccines. And, and the, the specific comment was, uh, uh, the, the question was, well, wouldn't that be bad for the world? And he said, yes, it would, but it would be good for Pfizer. I think that told the world everything. Well, and he also says, you can't tell anybody this, and we don't want anybody knowing this. So, I mean, obviously he knows what they're doing was at least morally and ethically wrong, but potentially even illegal. I don't know his, uh, you know, how much he knows about the law. But, you know, here's the trend I see, and I think this is going to pick up steam, Dr. Peter McCullough. And I think last night's story of the YouTube insider leaking the urgent guidance memo uh, for everybody to make sure that the Project Veritas videos are not seen on YouTube anymore. I think this is kind of the under or, or in development story. I think whistleblowers are going to be coming forth left and right. I expect whistleblowers, more whistleblowers from big tech, whether it's YouTube, Google, Facebook, what have you. I expect more whistleblowers, maybe even from Pfizer, because... As you said, this cat is out of the bag. This genie is out of the bottle. And now, if you've had any involvement in this, you better be making the realization that your life forward has two paths. Either come out on the side of good as a whistleblower, leaker, state witness, whatever, or you're going down on this hill of the biggest eugenics program and the biggest medical malpractice lawsuits that are incoming in world history. I mean, these are the two paths. I think people are going to realize that and start coming forward as whistleblowers. I agree. You know, I did bring up this term. I think it's very important. If there was contemplation about an intentional release of a new strain, uh, you know, that, that qualifies as domestic terrorism. It's at least conspiring to commit domestic terrorism. Uh, would be an injured by a new biological threat so Pfizer could answer with this with a new vaccine. 
Uh, th- this should go to the highest levels of investigation at this point in time. And so I guess the question now is, I know you're about to be going to India and, and have a major discussion. What about interest at the U.S. level? Where is that at right now? We know that the letters from Marco Rubio in the U.S. Senate within 24 hours went to Al- Albert Borla, another one from uh, Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Uh, but we need to bump it up to a higher level. There needs to be special investigative committees uh, named uh, and have an immediate probe, an immediate probe on corporate corruption and malfeasance. Uh, I've already testified in the U.S. Senate on December 7, 2022. It's in the Senate record. These vaccines should all be pulled off the market now while investigations are performed. And obviously, you've got your first witness. You've got the first guy to subpoena and bring forward into hearings, and that is Walker. I mean, this stuff needs to be moving rapidly. We've got Dr. Peter McCullough with us. Well, that was Owen Schroyer on uh, InfoWars. And that platform's done a a great job in terms of bringing the truth forward. Uh, Despite heavy criticism, uh, I went on that day with both Owen Schroyer and later on with Harrison Smith on American Journal uh, much more is going to come out on this. We've learned a great deal already. So keep your eye trained on the Pfizer whistleblower. More and more evidence of corruption. Um, I, I think it's going to be just enormous in terms of as we move into these uh, investigative phases. I would give you just one quick uh, press update which is uh, extraordinarily impactful. If you have a chance to, to watch this, uh, do so. Uh, pick up on the interview and then release of a special edition of presentation by Mr. Pascal Najati, who is a, a Swiss investment banker. He's also a, uh, uh, been a producer. He has actually, you know, he's taken three of the COVID-19 vaccines. He has filed a criminal case against the Swiss government dealing with a variety of crimes, fraud, as well as injury to the population with the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, He gives a very powerful, cohesive presentation. And he actually may be the most powerful figure thus far anywhere in the world to file a case directly against the government dealing with malfeasance and wrongdoing uh, in pandemic response, particularly with respect to administration of mass COVID-19 vaccination. So with that, we're going to get on to the backside of the McCullough report. Um, I have uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Aiden Bieber, who is a uh, consultant. Uh, he is an analyst, and he's done a deep dive into pfizer COVID-19 vaccine contracts and the type of leveraging that went on with various countries, uh, this is quite revealing as this episode of McCullough Report really focuses on biopharmaceutical corporate corruption. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. AmericaOutloud.com If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's a great pleasure to welcome to the microphone for the first time, Mr. Aiden Bieber. Uh, Aiden is an Israeli. He's from Israel. He did his uh, training in, uh, in various forms of uh, information technology, business, uh, in this scientific interface at the Royal Holloway in the UK. And he's held positions in cybersecurity in big pharma and in industry. And he came on my radar screen because he had done a, a detailed analysis of the contractual relationships that Pfizer had around the world. And he's got a perspective from uh, as, a, as an Israeli uh, in the Middle East. And so I wanted to bring him on the show. Uh, Aidan, welcome to the McCullough Report. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. McCullough. I'm very happy to be here. I hope I presented that correctly. You are, are you an Israeli citizen? Um, I'm an Israeli, Belgian, and British citizen. Wow, that's a triple crown. My wife is Israeli, Canadian, and American. So um, not to be outdone, so are my kids. Well, Israel is one of the most heavily vaccinated countries. I know that because we have relatives there. We own real estate there. And uh, both the Israeli Jews and the Israeli Arabs, uh, in a sense, were forced to take the vaccines, most of them not too happy about them. What have you learned about the program and the origin of this relationship between Pfizer and Israel? Well, I, I became interested in that um, as a result. My, my, the reason that I started to become interested in the contracts was, bec was because in Israel in, in 2021, there was a huge outrage. Uh, the government seemed to have released um, at that point of time a contract, which was the research contract that they signed with Pfizer, and it was uh, heavily redacted. There was a lot of, the, 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 lot of parts of it which just pages and pages of black pages and and people there were a lot of people including politicians that were saying uh, show us the real contract um the, the prime minister in israel at that point of time benjamin netanyahu who's right now back the prime minister has been um has been a target of a lot of criticism and there was at some point and that was in july 2021, um, a person that professionally I have been in contact with, uh, a professor from Tel Aviv University who's a privacy expert, has posted something on Twitter and he said something like, well, I there's a lot of there's a lot of noise right now about the contracts and about the contract. And I've seen the contract and I can tell you there's nothing, there's nothing, there's not a problem in, in it. And I remember, um, and again, that person is a privacy expert. He's very known. He's been advising to the government. So my assumption was that he was part of the vetting process. And I looked at the contract and I asked him, which contract are you referring to? And he said, there's only one contract. And I said to him, 
if you look at the, at the research contract, there's a specific contract that is mentioned over there, which is the manufacturing and supply contract. And it's actually even say that this is their, their master contract. And he replied with this really strange reply, something like, oh, it's just, uh, it's just like, it's just a conspiracy theory. It's just uh, like the long form certificate, birth certificate of Obama. And I thought to myself, okay, I, I want to try to understand if I can find this contract. So I ended up in about probably an hour or something like that. I found a contract and it was really weird for me. First of all, it was a PDF file that, that was dumped over the internet. It had some watermark on it, which I, I thought it was Google. Later on, I found out that it was an Albanian journalist site that, that has published it and apparently nobody knew about it. And, but the point that really struck me out of everything was the fact that the clauses in this contract I have never seen in my life anything like that. And, and as, as you said, as a background, I, I, I was the Europe, Middle East and Africa um, uh, Regional Information Security Officer of Merck or Zenon in the world, MSD or Merck Sharp and Dome. And um, I've been involved in vetting contracts, not only in the pharmaceutical company, in that pharmaceutical company, but all my life. You, you when you are in information, because of the nature of the contractual nature of, of, of the, of the deals that many companies do, that you, they ask the information security people to be involved in it. And I've never seen in my life contract that had all those crazy clauses. Um, the indemnity one was the one that overwhelmed me, they, but, but there were other things like, practically the government is saying that they put as a collateral all the assets of the company, of the country, including including assets which are not directly in the country itself, which is practically um, the embassies uh, and as, as, a, as a collateral for that for that contract. And, and I started to read this contract and, and, I, and I ran through it and I, and I realized at that point of time that I have an option. Either I'm going to just gonna go and try to say well I found something and just keep it to myself um, or I'm gonna publish it and the reason why I say it is because I work in information security the last thing in the world that anybody who works in information security wants to have is that his name would be related to anything that 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 has anything that relates to to, to data leakage or exposure that's like a suicide uh, that's like a professional suicide that you that, that you are that you would do to yourself. But I realized that the more I was going through it, I realized this is an insane contract. So what I decided to do is to try to create this, um, this something to, to write it on Twitter, to take parts of the contract and to publish them in, in a thread. And, and, I, and I made it and I wanted to make sure that people would be engaged in it and they would not understand who this contract is, is from because the contract was with Albania. And I decided to hide the Albania element and just to show people the, the clauses and and I realized that people have a very short span of attention so I just put short clauses and I wrote what it what I understood it means again from my limited understanding of of legal contracts which have been involved for many years and I ended up by the end of it and, and I said this is Albania and as I was and as I was going through it I I I I I, I realized this is this is huge, and I decided to call it Pfizer-Leak. That was the thing that I, I decided to call it Pfizer-Leak, like probably like WikiLeaks. I would, if I would have thought better, I probably called Pfizer-Leaks. But I thought at that point of time Pfizer-Leak, and I shared it with a few people, and within 
hours, this thing started to run over the internet. People says, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have you seen that? I had at that point of time, I was following 500 people. I had 500 people that followed me more or less. And suddenly this number just became bigger. And I'm, and I was overwhelmed with that. And that was day one. A day after that, I decided to look for other contracts because I, got, I thought to myself, okay, I found one contract. But the problem with that was that it was a PDF. It was a copy. You, it's not. Re, you cannot really present it again. I, I work in information security. This is. You cannot prove authenticity uh, of that document. So I tried to look for more, and and I found a document which now I can expose. Even two years, I found a document on the on on um, on a on on a, on a cloud storage place, which I assume was related to the PR company that Pfizer in Brazil has hired. And in that um, cloud, what they call bucket, in that cloud space, in the cloud, uh, in the cloud, I I found a, a PDF file, but that PDF file was very very unique. That PDF file was digitally signed. Now, an explanation was digitally signed. Then, in in the in the um, there's something that calls smart contracts. Usually, contracts is something that, that in order for you to sign a contract, usually you sign with your signature. However, there's other methods which are which use technology that allows you to sign a document. And then if this document is signed, you can present it to the court because there is um, because of the technology that is being used, because of the cryptography, the mechanism of assurances that this is a very unique that was signed, but only who somebody who has a specific uh, key to sign it. Um, I realized that thing can be presented into a court of law, and I found the original contract. How do I need? How did I know that it was original? I in the contract itself, they use a system that there's they use a system in order to um, produce this contract and to and to and and to manage it. In the contract itself, there was a link that says, in order to validate this copy, all you need to do is to go into that link and to click on that. And I went to that link and it went inside. Also, there was the document, the PDF file itself had what is called digital signatures and they were validated. So I knew at that point of time that that contract is real. There is, and, the, and there was minor differences between that contract and the contract that I saw in Albania. And the thing which really shocked me more than anything else was that on the same, place that I found this contract there wasn't there was um there was a press release that was released by Pfizer at early I think in January 2021 in Brazil and at that point of time the Brazilian the Brazil um there is a president and there is a senate and the senate was controlled by the opposition of the uh, of, of, uh, I forgot the guy's name Berlusconi uh, uh the Brazil the, the ex sorry the, the ex-Brazilian president um and um um they were pushing him to get the vaccines and he was trying to avoid it he was delaying it they, they he had to pass through legislation and he was delaying it and and so in january pfizer has re released a press release and said um we are ready to provide those vaccines and and um and um this we know we don't ask anything from brazil anything different that we have asked the other other countries like the us and britain and israel and Australia have signed this contract and, and it agreed to those terms. But that was a PR. What was happening in 2021, a few months later, 
and I found it again as part of, of me looking into it was I discovered that the person who was the head of Pfizer in in Brazil um, became the head of Pfizer in Latin America, and um, and that person Murillo, if any, if if I if I remember his name correctly, was called by the Senate to uh, to give a testimony under oath. And there's a video, you can find a video online and there's a transcript of everything. And in that transcript, he specifically said, we have asked all the countries to sign for the same things. There is uh, um, the, the, um, the, the, what jurisdiction you cannot, you cannot, the contract itself cannot be discussed in, in, in the local jurisdiction, for example. Most countries in the world have been uh, assigned to New York to a specific court and it was the, um, and, 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 and the other elements, as I said before, all the indemnation, uh, all the elements that in the contract themselves, um, things, the definitions, the lack of liability, the removal of any warranty whatsoever, and the, and the, and, and the, and the, and the definition of a, they defined the product, not only as the vaccine, not only as the, the injection itself, but also other technologies that are there to monitor and control, and I've never seen a contract like that before in my life. And that has been my introduction into this very weird world of of um, of Pfizer. And and as a, that was that was in July. And what happened is that in in August I, I decided to look. Okay, um, I work in information security, and and I and I realized that there's something very interesting. There's a huge similarities between how um, how medicines should work and how information security work. We, we are as professionals in information security, we don't really trust a third party that comes and says to us, we're going to give you a service, we're going to make your life much better than that. Even people who work inside an organization like a bank, you need to con you need to make sure that they would do things that they, they would do the things that they're supposed to and they would not cause you harm. So there's a lot of, there's a, there's a quite a robust um, uh, culture of risk management and risk assessment. And I remember looking at the risk assessment that I that, that that was done by the European Commission, and I found that there was something that was talking about codon optimization. Now I didn't know anything what codon optimization at that point of time. I I, I didn't study biology in high school. I, I I didn't really remember, or if I did, I didn't really remember a lot about it. And I decided to read about it. And and the more I realized, it, at the, as I was looking into it, I discovered and I realized that. They are using a technology that, for years, the FDA and the EMA, the uh, the, the European Med Medical Authority, uh, has known that it can cause uh, uh, disease prion, it can cause stroke, it can cause it can cause uh, brain damage, and they had and 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 there is even a video which I shared with people uh, uh, when when I published it of somebody from the FDA, somebody who worked for the FDA, who published a paper about codon optimization saying yes we, we know that it can be an issue and and when somebody asks her do you check when somebody um when when some when a, when a big pharma or pharma is asking you to to approve it when when to to submit a candidate do you check for it and she said no and then i realized that they don't have any mechanism of checking that thing and that was another shock for me because not having when countries would sign a contract which is not very not very um, against its citizens, it's one thing. But when the medical establishment that are supposed to vet and, and, and validate that everything is gonna be 
the way it should doesn't do doesn't do the just try to ignore it i remember that the uh, it's it's a, it's like the question if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it does it make a noise then make a sound and and if and it's very much like that if 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 there is a if something is if there's a problem but if nobody if everybody decides not to check it is there really a problem and that's more or less the approach that has been there and i've been um i've been looking into that and and i've been trying to understand where we are ever since then and the the last revelation that I had, which was in the last few weeks, I I decided to look at the on the only on the only um, animal uh, animal study only animal, well actually two animal studies but multiple animal studies that was published by Pfizer and and, and BioNTech, and and those are the those this is a this is a paper that was published in Nature magazine, and that paper was the, practically the only paper that that they have published. With regards to the preclinical trials, with regards to uh, in vivo, meaning doing do it on experiments on, on animals, and and I started to read it, and I looked at it the same way that I that I look at anything else that I don't that that if there's a if there's an issue, or if there's somebody if somebody makes a claim, I try to understand it. If somebody says that he's using a method of someone else. I try to understand the method that is there, and the more I was going through it, I, I, there was something that was unclear to me. And then I discovered what I what I call it. I, first, I call it the rats, which is my my recognition that the animals that the, the animal that they used in order to prove no toxicity, which is they didn't really do a toxicity test for for, for the for the Pfizer vaccine. They they did a repeated dosage uh, test on on rats. The rats that they were using, um, rats have been known since 2004 to be really, really bad animal to do experiments when it comes to SARS viruses because they don't get infected because their ACE receptors are really different. And um, up to the level in 2004, when they published a paper, which I, which I, which I, which I, uh, which, I which was the base of, of my art of my of my article, they, they call it it's it's almost like a background noise. If you look, if you look at the, if you look at an infection in uh, or, or the uh, or the activation of of ACE receptors of humans versus mice versus rats, the rats looks like like, like a control group. There's barely anything over there, and yet they chose this animal to to be the animal that would going to describe that that would prove that they are not having any toxicity issue. That is such a bad choice, and and I go, this is wrong. And then I started to look into the monkeys part, and and that. To be honest, truly blew me away because I I discovered that in the paper that was published in Nature magazine they were fraud. I don't really use that. It's very it's very hard harsh word to say, but if there is a pay if if in the submission to to Nature there is a document that describes the exact amount of monkeys that were involved in this in this study which was 27 of them. And if there's not even one monkey that has received um, 100 microgram of the previous version of, 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 the, of, of the candidate, which, is, which was called BNT162B1, if none of them received, sorry, if none of them received the 30 microgram, how come you published a paper, in the paper itself, there are results that you publish of, 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 uh, of monkeys that has been in 
theoretically been, been injected with it, but there's not even one monkey that is in, in, in your schedule that, has, that is registered as, as a monkey that's going to be that's going to receive that. And the six allegedly monkeys that received the BNT162 B2, which ended up to be the one that, that in the final uh, um, in the final formula that, that, that Pfizer has released, which is the 30 micrograms, they assigned only three, not six. And they put them in something called, um, 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 they put it in a different group. It, it was a very, very strange thing. And the more I was reading and the more I was actually trying to understand the, the, the methodology that they use in order to validate everything, I realized that this is, there is, the, the the methodology that they're using are are, are wrong. They, they the and that the the most striking thing for me was the fact that Pfizer and 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 BioNTech came to to all the regulators and specifically wrote in their in their in the dossier that their product gives eight times more um, protection than natural immunity. They they stated that because they said, look. Um, we have this level of neutralizing antibodies and something like 800 and, so, 800 and something. While, while when we looked at the samples that we, that we have used from human beings that, have, uh, that, that we received, and it was about 38, if I remember, samples, the average, the, 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 the average of that was 94. And so I decided to look at the original methodology that was that would, that led into that into that the usage of that uh, of that um, of, of that analysis. And then, first of all, I discovered that it's not really a standard method of, of measuring. They were not using the the PRTN, which is a standard method of, of of using. They came up with a new method. But the thing which really shocked me is that when they were trying to prove that this is effective, they were comparing. Their, the, the the results that they were getting from their method versus the golden standard or the gold standard and the results first of all the results of the, the, their measurement were higher than than normal than the PR than the, what is called the gold standard but the thing which really shocked me is that all the results were way 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 higher than the ones the, the 94 how much higher if you look at the av if you look at the if you look at the average of um they they, they did a samples of of people who were um co uh, covid 19 positive they, they took the samples from them and they and they tested it and they start from day one up until day 48 or, or 50 something um they, they had samples of that so at the beginning the first few days there was no reaction which makes sense if you remove those first few days you 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 end up with having an average of 1100 something like that that is not 94 so how can the two people that have created that that were part of the original research that 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 came up with this method work right now for Pfizer provide to them results and now the results are Ten, eight folds less than 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 they were when they did the experiments when they were proving that their method worked. That doesn't make any sense. And then I looked around and I go, oh, so. And I looked around in the university and and it was the uh, uh, I think it's Texas University uh, Medical Branch or University of Texas Medical Branch, University of Texas Medical Branch, and that university has received from Pfizer before in, in 2019 they received uh, two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars in 
in 2020 it jumps into um, it jumped into 1.3 million and in 2021 it jumped into 3.7 if I remember correctly but out of this amount of money that Pfizer has uh, funneled into that university um, there were um, th there was a huge amount of money that went to uh, to those to those researchers specifically into that into that um, into those two researchers and and how much if I remember correctly I would look at it in a second but I think it's about uh, the, the first it's uh, 400,000 if I remember correctly the first year 420 or something like that and this and in 2020 and in 2021 1.3 million dollars and that's the and 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 the and when you look at that and and this is a method that that, that the university has a patent on you you realize that this is not really science doesn't science and 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 facts are not really are the things that are driving those those, those researchers and and not the safety of people it's just the the mechanisms are, i'm i'm sorry of using the term mechanisms of greed because i i cannot really understand how somebody who has created a methodology that 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 that, that quantified uh, test results of people who have uh, who are COVID positive and give them and, and the value of them is around a thousand comes up with a with a value of 94 just a few months later it just it, it shocked me and that that was the things that those are the kind of things that I've been looking at and I've been it's it's both fascinating and alarming and 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 quite sad quite um quite quite uh confusing for somebody who all his life believed in in and if you would have told me in the past not to trust a pharmaceutical i worked for merck i i worked for merck i i i truly believed in the scientists that were there i truly believed in their integrity i never imagined that i would see the kind of things that i'm seeing today it's it it the thing that probably shocked me most is that this paper was published in nature magazine it was supposed to be peer reviewed. Who peer reviewed it? I, there's no, there's no mentioning of who peer reviewed it. Look of the countries in South America, which one of them was Peru? There is actually, there's actually a bi bi bio, biological research facility that is over there, and 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 practically Pfizer can can take ownership of that biological research facility if the government is not not doing the way that it should. I have, I'm, again, I don't know why. I can just say. I know for certain that this, those clauses are there because I have a copy that in any court of law in all around the world, any country that has laws that allows uh, uh, smart contracts, which is practically anything that you buy over the internet and, and all those things that allows you to do uh, online banking and all, all those countries that allow you to have those things, this kind of contract is, is admissible in a court of law as an evidence. And, I've, and, and it's there. I, I, I share the contracts in the past. I would be more than happy to share with anybody who wants to. They can check the digital signatures. It's a real contract and the clauses are there. It's, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I agree, I have no reason to, I, I don't know why it is. Um, Mr. McCullough, I, I would like to, Dr. McCullough, I would like to say something, I think for the audience. I, um, with regards to the vaccines, I, I, to what is called a vaccine, um, I think, for people, it's very hard to grasp. So I would try to, to explain to them, somebody who works in information security, people really love their phones. Try to imagine that you have an iPhone and somebody who 
never who, who wrote a very specific application for an, an, an app that is running on, on a very very specific app for a very small group of people right now is being right now says I have a new app that would change drastically the way that your iPhone is working and it would and I write it in a code that is not the normal code this is like a code of the machine itself of your iPhone itself Usually, the, when you write a code for Apple, there's a, there's a there's a different language that you use that allows you to write it, and then it's been translated by by your iPhone. But he said, "I'm going to write a code that runs on your on on the on the on your machine on the on the code that runs there, and Apple would and 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 I would distribute it to everyone all around the world. There is no way." on earth that Apple or Google would allow this kind of application to be on their app store. There's no way on earth because that kind of thing needs to be tested and needs to be validated. And there could be so many things that can go wrong as a result of that. And yet, and, and, and in our case, the health regulators like the FDA or EMA or whatever regulator there is, um, they are supposed to be like the, 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 guard, the guardians of the app store to make sure that anything that goes inside our body, which is sort of an app, in, would not cause any harm to us. <laughs> it just it just seems reckless. Uh, uh, you know, you're building a case for fraud. People have said that if the public is defrauded, that um, that uh, in, in fact liability protections should uh, fall. The other thing you're describing is racketeering. Racketeering is when in a sense, there's essentially uh, you know bribery or leverage applied in a relationship. So those two infractions are there. I want to turn the final minutes. We just have a few minutes left uh, to what life is like in Israel right now. Just update us. Israel had heavy mandates. Uh, they took the vaccines. My understanding is it was really required of the citizens of Israel, both the uh, Israeli Jews and Arabs. Uh, and then and then Israel's dropped everything. Is that true? Um, first of all, it's true. The second thing, which is a disclaimer, I live in London for quite a long time, but my family is in Israel and I have been in direct contact with people who have been struggling and fighting against what is happening over there. Um, I can tell you that it has been, um, it, it, it is um, right now in Israel, there's huge demonstrations. People are in the streets. People are on social media. There's outrage in the news, and and it's all about the danger to the democracy. And no, it has nothing to do with the vaccination. It has nothing to do with the passport. It has nothing to do with the fact that they are just in re re reauthorize the emergency uh, legislation that allowed them to put everybody uh, track. It is because they are trying right now to change. These, the the method in which judges are being uh, selected in the supreme in, in in the in the supreme court in Israel or actually in the courts in Israel, and and I can tell you as somebody who has been involved and been advising people who've been going to the courts in Israel, um, the courts have been has thrown away any request of. Anybody who ever came up and, and brought evidence, they refused to have any conversations about what was happening. Uh, they refused to to question the, the 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 government actions. They refused to instruct the government to release the contract. They, they have acted in a way which where they collaborated completely with the government. And and so now I can tell you that there's some. The, the thing which is fascinating is that Israel is a very um, 
very segmented society. There's a left and there's a right and there's Arabs and, and all those groups seems to have been in conflict for such a long time. Everybody has their own view and everybody are so, um, so um, passionate about their position. And I can tell you that I have, I, what has happened with, with, yeah. with, with this ever since 2020 and more in 2021 and much more in 2022, people started to realize that it doesn't really matter who's going to be in power. It doesn't really matter if the government is going to be from the left or from the right, if it's Arab going to be there or, or Jews going to be there. The government seems to be following an instructions of a, a higher force than them. And they, when it comes to, when it comes to those, to, to, to the, to this, uh, it's, this, this, this shots that they are trying to enforce on us. I, I think the main reason for the shots is because they can they use this the shots in order to control the population because the shots would allow them to say if you're not going to get that thing you will not be able to get your rights and if you're not going to be having those shots you will not be able to get the money that we are right now going to introduce as a cbdc central bank digital currency i think it's um it's all part of agenda 2030 and, and i must admit that for years, I used to think I, I used to say to my friends that uh, I had friends who were conspiracy theorists, and I looked at them. I go like, okay, okay, just I, I understand that you listen to Alex Jones, you're crazy. But it, I started to realize that that it's uh, as somebody says, I'm not a conspiracy. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's just a prequel. It's it's mm -hmm. what what we get right now is just an intro. What what we all those people who were suspicious of the system. Um, I, I, I really bow to them because they have been extremely, they, they, have been, they have been ridiculed and been called with names and I myself mistrusted them. But the more I look into, inf into information and the more I try to critically analyze things and to look at things, I cannot but agree that there is something that is going on right now which has nothing to do with our health and nothing to do with our well-being, on the contrary. Sadly. Wow. Well, listen, we're going to have to leave it there. So we started out with just, uh, you know, your reviewer, you came into knowledge of contracts that seem over leveraged. Uh, it seemed like a, the scientific information was, was fraudulent. Uh, and, and now what we're hearing is, is almost a prequel to what you're describing as some type of central power, new world order. We're not hypothesizing here you're just trying to make inferences uh we've been talking to mr aiden bieber uh israeli citizen who's currently living in london is that right yes indeed currently in london thank you so much for joining us on the mccullough report thank you dr mccullough thank you so much let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio this is the mccullough report